0: Everybody to another episode of All About the Star here on the Chop Sports Podcast Network. I am your host Dave Sturchill and we are back for a fourth installment already that's right we've already done three in the can they are being downloaded left and right and there's millions of downloads i'm kidding no but for real the response has been great the reviews have been awesome i'm really excited to be you know continuing this journey um you know to do another dallas cowboy podcast i know a lot of people are always like well he talks cowboys too much on the chop sports podcast and i do because this is my lifeblood. I, I just the cowboys have been You know, my ride or die team and the relationship that I have with them is just something special. So you're going to have to deal with it. But anyway, a a great episode last week. And even, you know, as they go, it's going to get even better. Today, I'm going to be joined by Cowboys Wire writer, Ben Grimaldi. Now, see, the Cowboys Wire was the first publication to give me a shot to write about the Cowboys. Now, the Cowboys Wire are associated with USA Today. Um, they have a great response. They have a great, they have an absolutely amazing, amazing editor over there, and Katie Drummond, a good dude. He's always treated me well. He's always given me opportunity after opportunity. He let me broadcast the Jersey Boys Podcast that's now on SB, uh, the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network, but he gave me the opportunity to grow it there, and he was just all about me growing my personal brand so he's somewhat responsible for the seat that I'm sitting in right now when it comes to Dallas Cowboy coverage so thank you to Katie Drummond but this week it's Ben Grimaldi we're going to talk Dallas Cowboys now as you're listening to this, uh, it's it's Monday night as I record, and you know we drop it on Wednesday mornings after Hard Knocks. So obviously we don't want to talk Hard Knocks too much because again we're the blogging the boys, and everybody else has a million things about Hard Knocks, so we don't have to go too much into that. But I will say, as we record this, about two hours ago, the news dropped that Ceedee Lamb, Malik Hooker, Izzy uh, are one of our new safeties, and of course uh, Watkins, our defensive tackle all in COVID protocol right now for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, what does that mean? I don't have a goddamn clue because nobody understands what this COVID protocol is. Is it a positive test? Is it he was too close to Dan Quinn? Is it that him and Dan Quinn shared the same locker room? I don't know, but all I do know about this crap is that it's annoying. It's very annoying. It's very frustrating because you want to have you know a successful season and that starts with C.D. Lamb and it starts with the offense and it starts with the defensive coordinator Dan Quinn who's also on COVID protocol. So this COVID protocol stuff has to end i mean not necessarily mean it's going to end but the dallas cowboys are like 93 percent vaccinated all their coaches are vaccinated so i don't really know and i'm not going to get into it i don't i don't ever want to touch on stuff like this but it's part of the game now and that, that's the part that sucks it's part of the game and uh you know it, it is what it is at this point like mean, there's nothing we really do not that cd lamb was ever going to even see the field uh this coming sunday against the jacksonville jaguars as we wrap up our preseason schedule um but somebody like hooker was and somebody like Izzy was and Watkins was. So those guys are going to miss opportunities to be out there and earn themselves a spot. Um, again, I I can't speak for COVID protocol and I don't know if they can get back on the field faster than the 10 day thing. Like it could be all just a mess. And I, again, I'm not a doctor nor am I an NFL official. So I can't tell you how this is going to go. I just know that it's, it's annoying. Very, very annoying. Um, but I will say this: the Dallas Cowboys are now zero three in the preseason. Do preseason records matter? No. But you would like to freaking win one, you really would. And you know it's unfortunate every time we have a chance to win one, Ben DiNucci blows it. Okay, that's 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 the bottom line. Ben DiNucci stinks at quarterback. I told everybody when I started this podcast the gloves were going to be off. They are off and thrown. I threw my gloves. I am not dealing with this Ben DiNucci experiment anymore. It was a fun, feel-good story last year when we all got in the hype train and everybody's like oh Danucci is going to be the guy and like Jersey Boys podcast got all over him because he's an Italian kid so we're all like oh he's our cousin Lee here we go you know he stinks he stinks at football he's not good at the sport okay the sidearm crap the throwing off the back foot it ain't working it ain't working anymore and what this is doing is it's detrimental to the guys that are on the bubble so you have guys that are playing receiver tight end whatever the running back whatever the case may be these guys aren't getting the correct looks. They're not getting the respect they deserve because Ben DiNucci throwing the football. So imagine being bubble receiver number seven, right? And you're trying to make this team and you get into the huddle and Ben DiNucci is your quarterback. That's not fun. That's not fun at all. That's actually really shitty because what is he going to do? He's going to sail the ball 10 feet over his head and the receiver is going to look like shit, you know? So he's not going to get his fair shake. That stinks. You know, that stinks. And it's Wednesday as you listen to this. And Tuesday, they have to make only one cut because of all this COVID protocol crap. And I hope it's Ben DiNucci. And I don't hope in, in regards to I hope he loses his job, right? I'm not a total jerk off. You know what I mean? But I do need this guy to get off the field because the other guys aren't getting the, the the fair shake and the fair opportunities to be good or or be great for that matter. You don't know. You don't know what a Malik Turner can do as a receiver and not a special teams guy. You don't know because every time he's in the game, you got Ben DiNucci under center, and that's not fair. So... I mean, I can go on and on and on about Ben DiNucci, but I won't. We got Ben Grimaldi coming up. He's going to give us a little insight. He's got the Cowboys Wire coverage. He also writes for WFAA um, out of Dallas. So, like, he's he's, obviously, he's got his hands knee-deep in Cowboys media. So when we come back, we're going to be joined by Ben Grimaldi of the Cowboys Wire. Guys, it is almost time for the best time of the year, and that's tailgate season. And when you think about tailgates, you're thinking about beers, and you're thinking about food. And when you're thinking about food, you're thinking about hot sauce. I'm talking about Silk City Hot Sauce. It's a mom-and-pop business from Vermont that produces hot sauce with locally grown peppers. There's several blends and flavors. Here's just a few. You got Slurp, which is fresh peaches, honey, Vermont apple cider, habanero, and cherry pepper blend with a hint of smoked jalapeno. We got the Badass Jew, which is four pepper blend, jalapeno, cherry pepper, serrano, and habaneros with tomato, roasted red peppers, roasted garlic, and Mexican seasoning. Good Morning Jonestown, which is a smoked habanero and smoked serrano with carrots, roasted peppers, garlic, onions, and a splash of white vinegar. Killer Hot is their second hottest three pepper blend featuring Fatale, habanero, and Ghost with roasted red peppers, garlic, and honey. Ghost Whisper is a pile of ghost and habanero with roasted peppers, garlic, onion, and red vinegar. It's a very powerful sauce with a deep and delicious flavor. And you guys got to check out the artwork on these bottles. Silk City uses professional comic book artists to create the coolest looking hot sauce in the biz. They offer great deals when you purchase the two, three, four, five, or six mix and match packs. Go to SilkCityHotSauce.com and use the coupon code CHOP. You're going to receive 20% off your order. You're going to receive a free bottle, and you're going to get some stickers along with that. That's SilkCityHotSauce.com. All right, welcome back to All About the Star, Episode 4 here on the Chop Sports Podcast Network. Of course, now uh, I always like to include some random member of Cowboys Nation. And when I say random, this one's <laughs> not, random. That's not so random here. Okay, this isn't so random. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest is my boy over from the Cowboys wire, Ben Grimaldi. Ben, what's going on, bro? What's going on, Dave? Uh, Listen, living the dream one day at a time. Um, I I really wish as we record this right now, it is Monday evening and just about two hours ago, we get the fantastic news that the Cowboys are dealing with COVID protocols. What else is new? I mean, what else could the sky is falling already in Dallas?
1: (laughs) Yeah. But there's good news. I mean, the good news is we're, what, 17 days out from from week one. So if you're going to catch something, you might as well catch it early. I don't even know. Everything starts.
0: Right. I I don't even know if this is a positive test result. I don't know if they – have you read anything? I mean, I know you're on the wire.
1: I, I don't know if it's a positive test or if they're quarantining for close proximity. It's they just keep saying protocols, protocols. So
0: that's yeah, it's hard to it's hard to determine what the heck they even mean nowadays with all this stuff. And it, it does it is a little alarming. I mean, obviously last year was just a complete melee, but like this year, I feel like you know, we were kind of past it and then we're getting back to full stadiums and this, that, and a third. Right. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, guys are starting to pop up. When I read about Dan Quinn, leaving the Texans games, 90 minutes before kickoff, I'm like, what? what's happening here?
1: No. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel good. And it's a scary proposition. I mean, you have your defensive coordinator who, uh, was a very hands-on defensive coordinator. He works with these guys right in their face, works with these defensive players in the drills. He's very, very hands-on. So when you hear COVID and he had to leave, uh, you immediately say, uh, you know, I hope he's all right, but you're also going to worry about who's he, who's he been in close contact with. And it's, Basically everybody on the defensive side of the ball. So well, it's funny. Yeah, it's it's the defensive.
0: Scary. It's funny. It's the defensive side of the ball. But then C.D. Lamb is one of the guys that's in COVID <laughs> protocol. So I, I just I can't figure any of this crap out. But before we get knee deep in the Dallas Cowboys, everything I. Basically, every guest that I've had on this podcast so far, and this is ranging from a lot of personalities, whether it be the YouTube world or Twitter or anything like that, they have all these decent followings. And I know that you're obviously a writer for the Cowboys Wire. How deep does this Cowboys fanhood run? See, I say it every episode. I'm 35 years old. So I don't know if you're in my age range or younger than me or how old are you?
1: I'm a little bit older than you. I'm in my 40s. Okay, you're in your 40s. So yeah, yeah.
0: how deep does the Cowboys fanhood run? When did you start watching as a fan?
1: I was very young. I was five, six, seven years old, and I became a fan when uh, when I saw Tony Dorsett run the football. So I, it takes me way back into the early 80s when, when Dorsett was running and the, the Cowboys were good, but they weren't winning Super Bowls. Uh, but then, you know, everything ramped up when in the 90s when, when they were in Super Bowls. I, but... I mean, what am I, 40, 40 now, so I'm almost just over 35 years-ish as a, as a fan, so I love Tony Dorset. and, you know, my brother was a Giant fan, so I had to go against everything that he rooted for, so... Was that by uh, choice? Well, no, my dad's a Giant fan, too. So.
0: Oh, my God, so you yeah, really yeah. went against the grain. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah! I'm 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 the I'm the black sheep. Oh, the good family. for it's you, the, bro! I'm proud brilliant. of you, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm proud hey, of you. I want my own way.
0: Yeah, no, good for you. See, I was yeah. I, I didn't have a choice in the matter. My dad, uh, my dad was a Dallas is a Dallas Cowboy fan. That's how he raised me. I feel like the the first memories I have, and I tell everybody this is like Michael Jackson's halftime show in '92. So that's like oh. the first like memory. Memory. I I remember a little bit like end of '91 ish, but I was only like six at the time. So we uh, listen. One thing we can both bond in is the '90s championships. And then we can also bond in the fact that we haven't done shit since then. So it's been a it's been a long, long time uh, since lean. the Dallas Cowboys have done any justice for us. So that, that, that very that's lean
1: that. years, yeah,
0: yeah, lean years. So you survived them. So now I ask you this with the Cowboys wire, that was the first publication to give me an opportunity to write about the Cowboys. Katie Drummond's a fantastic dude. He, he gave me the awesome opportunity. Guy. He's such an awesome guy. And I'm, I'm hoping to have him on here as well. Um, how did you get, like, did you go to school for sports journalism or is this something you just picked up because you, you, you've blogged enough and you're like, you know what? I can turn this into a thing.
1: You, I actually started my own blog in the early 2010-ish season or, 2000, yeah, 2010, uh, I just had, it was at a point where I just had to get my thoughts down. I couldn't sit with, you know, the team being good, bad, good, bad, not really, you know, being a Super Bowl contender. I just had to get my, the easiest way to do it was to start my own blog. And I started my own blog and in 2012, I got picked up by Rant Sports and I started writing for them. And then from there, I bounced around for a few
0: cowboy sites. Okay, cool. So you, you land on the Cowboys wire and obviously they, they have a plethora of, of good writers over there. And I really appreciate all of those I guys because yeah. So the Cowboys wire gave me my first chance to, to write and, and, and writing with you guys alongside you and Matt Lennox and all those guys. I mean, we've worked together so many times because we had to do those, those, news dumps you know what i mean so like there's a million yep. contributions to that so i do i respect uh, katie drummond for putting up with a lot of our stuff because i'm sure that how many times did katie come at us and be like yeah guys it's this not this and don't capitalize this and this that and, this. and i'm like all right bro i get it <laughs> like i'm sorry yeah yeah
1: it's all part of the learning experience too i mean it's it's you know and you know Part of it is, too, different sites have different styles that you're supposed to be guideline towards, right. and for me, I've written for a bunch of sites, so it's kind of like I'm relearning every new site I go to.
0: Yeah, no, I hear you on that one. So, as we dive into the Dallas Cowboys, obviously, we already you know touched on the COVID stuff and, and, and things that are kind of prominent in the news today um this won't be covered obviously maybe it will be um on this week's episode of hard knocks not sure how you feel in the show so far there's two episodes in uh, to me my opinion first one was a banger second one was a letdown what do you think
1: uh, you know what it's all good anytime you get access into uh, i know it's the Cowboys, so we're all ramped up and really excited but agreed i just love hard knocks i love the behind-the-scenes, in-depth video, audio, behind-the-scenes footage of everything that goes on any football team. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not going to critique, hey, I wish it was more exciting, or I wish they did more of this and more of that. Uh, I'm excited they're not highlighting Jalen Smith because oh, everybody's- <laughs> started. Is, you, you know, I'm not going to bag on the guy because I don't want to bag on the guy, but- it was one of those things where I was like, I don't want them highlighting him too much because, you know, he, he kind of runs me the wrong way now. But, you know, the fact that they don't highlight him too much is, is a well, positive for me. So far, like so, far. So, far. Yeah, so
0: far, so far, so far. Yeah, right. So we have to worry about the next, you know, couple episodes. But um, yeah. I, last week was a full-blown uh, Jalen Smith episode. So I, it's like I, I can't even remotely talk about him again. But, I mean, I will I will say this. Um, you know, for what I thought was a good game, not the Texans game, the game before that against Arizona, yeah. I thought he, yeah. I literally said that he played, like he had a couple plays where you're like, okay, that's good. But then like yeah. I said that to my producer over on blogging, the boys podcast network, yeah. RJ Ocho, And he's like, you do realize that the internet is, is, is coming down on this guy one more time. Like, I don't know if you even want to put that on the air that you think he did good because he really didn't.
1: Look, look I mean, He's an easy target. When you talk about the Cowboys now, the easiest target to to critique is Jalen Smith. Right. And part of me feels like he did it to himself, and there was no bigger Jalen Smith fan than me in 2018. I was like, this guy's story is incredible. Oh, yeah. He no, so the
0: story is amazing.
1: I think that's what makes it so much easier to critique him and get after him now because he, he just fell so far and so hard. It, it just feels like everything he did to get to everybody to love and like him, he just... Did a complete 360 and went the exact opposite way. Now we're all wondering, like, how could this happen? And that's changed from how does this happen to I don't even care anymore. Get him off my team.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, right now they don't have an out because obviously he just signs this contract. And you're like, oh, my God, what the hell they are they had, doing?
1: Yeah, but, they had an out. They chose not to take him.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they chose. Yeah, exactly. They had an out. They chose to, you know, look. Jerry Jones loves the story, loves the attention. Yeah. We know this as Cowboys fans and people in the media that cover the team. Like we understand that, like Jerry Jones loves a good story. So, what better story would it be that if Jalen Smith all of a sudden turns a corner and becomes one of the better linebackers in the league? Guess who has him? The Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I just don't see that happening right now. Like it just, it, it's very hard. I find it very hard pressed to think that he can turn this all around.
1: I don't think he can. I don't think he has the the physical capabilities. I think the uh, I don't even know how it happened because he came back from the injury and he was starting to get everything back and it looked like he was flying around again. So I don't know what happened to, to force his physical limitations to come back down to where the injury was, but I don't know here we are. yeah, I don't think here that's we are ever getting better.
0: Here we are, and uh, you know, there's been a lot of reports saying that right off the rip, he's going to get a lot of less reps, and I am so for that. You know, like I'm so for like, obviously, you know, there was a tweet that kind of caught steam that I, I put out there a couple of weeks ago saying that you know the Cowboys watched the film, you know, just like he said to, you know, he said watch yeah. the film. They watched it, and then they went off and drafted two linebackers and, and made Keanu Neal a linebacker. So clearly, they didn't like what they saw, um, no. and, and that's no. not. I'm not trying to be hard on the guy, but that's just semantics at this point
1: yeah it is what it is and without him on the field they are so much more athletic and they have so much more speed with parsons and cox and van der esch who's, who's got himself into just unbelievable shape but those three and neil they're just so much more athletic and, and they have so much more speed he's a liability and that you can't have that
0: right and, and i and i find that you know the van der esch thing is for me it's a wait and see because we obviously don't want to see him get hurt again. And we just kind of like, he's almost like a Sean Lee 2.0 looking right now. And it's like, if he could just stay healthy on the field, great, but we got to, we got to wait and see, you know? So yeah. I will yeah. say this though. I mean, what are your first impressions uh, now? Three games in on a guy like a Micah Parsons and a Jabil Cox, because Jabil Cox is actually making more tackles than anybody I've seen. He's in there longer. So I guess I, you know, you got to put that into consideration. He's in there in the fourth quarter. You're still seeing him out there. Um, but Overall, your perception of both Parsons and I guess this whole new look defense.
1: And I think that's the big thing because you're seeing more of Cox because he's in there more. I want to see more. I'm just like Micah Parsons. I want to see more Micah Parsons. He wants to stay on the field. I want to see him on the field. But at the same time, I get it. You can't risk him being out there because that means something else may be going on where you have to use somebody else more like Jalen Smith or something God forbid were to happen. Right. But like I said, I think Cox Parsons—they've just added such an element of speed to this defense that was not there, and it was it was easy to see offenses pick on this defense for not having the athletic ability to stay with receivers or tight ends or defend the middle of the field. They were just getting eaten up last year and the year before. In 2019, it was it was happening too. They just it just collapsed all in in 2020, but it's the speed and athleticism that cox and parsons have brought and and people on the inside too on the defensive line like osa Odigizua, mm-hmm. i mean his 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 initial first step is just phenomenal he's living in people's backfield and you thought maybe that was he's playing against second and third teamers that wasn't the case against the texans and he was living in the backfield again so this defense is Fast it's athletic it's much Better than they were last year and it's a Good middle of the packs is what Everybody keeps saying we need them to be To be a really really good football team They could be even a little better Than that That remains to be seen, but the speed and athleticism is is a major change from last year.
0: Yeah, I I don't want to get too crazy about the defense being even better than middle of the pack. That's kind of what we're all
1: asking for.
0: You know what I mean? That's that's that for us to win the NFC East and and get into the tournament and have ourselves in a position to maybe host a game or two. You know what I'm saying? Like that middle of the pack defense will be what we need uh, for the Cowboys team to have ultimate success going forward. Um, look last year i was pumped about everson griffin i was pumped about don terry poe you know what i mean like there's a lot of guys that we're on this team that we just were were excited about so now i I do want to pump the brakes and there's not many more people more optimistic than me trust me i i have a lot of optimistic takes when it comes to the dallas cowboys some people it's maybe to a fault you know people are saying this gets delusional but um yeah it is what it is i mean
1: but, but the thing about the defenses, and, and we've seen it through the three preseason games, is it's going to be extremely difficult to keep Jabril Cox off the field. It feels like we're finding ways to, to maybe sneak him onto the field. I don't know if that's it at the risk of who Neal or Van Der Esch, but with Parsons and Cox in there, the speed is just phenomenal and they fly all over the field.
0: Yeah. It's exciting. And, and, and you know, obviously with one more preseason game to go, uh, I bring the question. of I mean, we don't have to touch on the Texans game too much. All I know is Ben DiNucci stinks at football. That's really all I could say. I mean, he's just he's that Start project. Ben, yeah, <laughs> that 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 project that project is over. Uh, I, I don't I don't really yeah. foresee him making the team at all. Um, and, and it's I, look, I'm not rooting against the guy as a person, but he's just I don't know. I, I don't know what he. He doesn't really bring much to the team. And I always say this, and I said this on my other podcast. I said, look, you know, when Danucci's in there, you know, it's unfortunate for the guys on the bubble, like those those deeper receivers and the, the backup tight ends, because they're not getting the looks, man. You know what I mean? They're A, they're yeah. not getting the looks, and B, the balls are sailing 10 feet over their head. You know, it's not fair for them.
1: No, no. And and for somebody like Simi Fihoki, or Fihoko, I don't know. Right. 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 We haven't but seen enough of him like because, him, right. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah, and and he's he's somebody who's on the bubble, and he's a fifth round pick who a lot of people had high hopes for. So I, he he fell behind Malik Turner. I don't know if there's Ben Denucci enough of uh, quality play that can get him to see. Well, that's why get us to see more more of him see if he's any good. That's why I kind of want
0: again. this is not trying to be too derogatory towards the guy, but I want Ben Denucci cut now, right now because then you would at least have Cooper Rush and Garrett Gilbert in that final game, and then you could see a little bit more of what we have with these receivers because if Danucci gets in there, and chances are, Danucci plays three quarters on on Sunday. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, again, you don't want to yeah. get Cooper Rush hurt or Garrett Gilbert hurt. If those are your actual two and three, Danucci's going to get the reps, and then we're not going to see enough production out of anybody, and that, that stinks.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd give two quarters to Rush. I'd give two quarters to Gilbert. That's I, just me.
0: Done. Right. But, I sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> right.
1: But – I'm I'm still in the camp that they need another quarterback. I don't care if you keep Rush. I don't care if you keep Gilbert. Uh, I I still think if you're going to keep a third quarterback, you need to go get somebody else because you can't keep both those guys. Now,
0: I know that there's nobody on the streets wandering right now that's that would be a better quarterback than Garrett Gilbert. I mean, Blake
1: Bortles. I'd go get Uh, get Blake Bortles. Yeah, you know what? I'd go get Josh Rosen, too. I'd see what you have in him. See if you can, you know, See, I don't like Josh Rosen.
0: I think Josh Rosen doesn't even like football, (laughs)
1: to be honest Uh, with you. But I'd rather take a chance on him than –
0: I'll give a, I'll give a fifth, I'll give a fifth and a seventh to Jacksonville, and I'll take Gardner Minshew. You know what yeah, I mean? I'll like, d- yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. I'll bring back freaking Andy Dalton if he if he loses yeah, that job, and, that too, yeah. if he loses that job to Fields, and they still have Nick Foles over there. God forbid I get yeah. Nick Foles on there. I'm not having him come in there like, hey, look at my ring, everybody. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like uh-uh, I'm not doing it. But um, it, it, there's definitely options out there if the Dallas Cowboys want to improve their backup quarterback position, in which. You know, last year, that was the reason why we couldn't do anything. I mean, yes, the offensive line was abysmal, and, and Zeke kept putting the ball on the carpet. But I feel like Zeke was overcompensating. You know, he was trying to do too much because he got no deck. You know, and that, that's yeah. a big deal.
1: I feel like everything went wrong last year. They yeah, fumbled I mean, too it much. Was, they it, was it was that period. Mike Nolan was awful. Everything went against them last year.
0: Yeah, it, w- it was a rough, a rough stretch last year. Now, going into this last preseason game, um, you know, what are you looking for? I mean, look, there's not going to be a lot of starters in there for too long. It's just like any other for like the former fourth preseason game for everybody. For us, it's literally yeah. our fourth. Uh, everybody else's is third. Yeah. Um, what are you expecting to see out of this team to see, you know, are there any battles that you are interested in? Um, maybe somewhat in the cornerback, the secondary positions, see who's going to really step up there. What do you, what are you looking for in this game against Jacksonville?
1: Well, uh, one of the big things I really want to keep paying attention to, and I think I've pounded this every article I do, previewing a game, I need to see this offensive line backups. I need to see them
0: Ooh, they're bad, show
1: me that they can they can move bodies, open holes, protect the quarterback, because after the first six offensive linemen, uh, maybe seven, and it depends if, you, if you're – Going with the swing tackle, Terrence Steele or Ty and Shecky. is he? Is he going to be good? Checkers, uh, I think Connor. Yeah, it, I mean Connor McGovern is six. I would say those are the six strong offensive linemen they have. After that, it's a crapshoot, and you really need to see what these backup offensive linemen can bring to the table because it's it's going to be a big problems if they get hurt along that offensive line. And chances are they will. I mean, Tyron Smith hasn't been healthy in five years, right? Uh, so.
0: Yeah, it's difficult. It's it, it's it's definitely something. The offensive
1: to, line is really something I'm looking forward. to.
0: Yeah, I would say so too. I mean, the the backup offensive linemen are not doing any of these backup quarterbacks any favors. There's not much time to throw the ball. I feel like Gilbert might hold onto the ball just a little too long. I mean, it's not you know that's just maybe it's just nerves or something like that, or he's waiting for guys to get out of their routes. And I'm just like, well, throw it ahead of time. Yeah. I promise you, they'll be there. You know what I mean? Like just throw and at it least ahead of time. That's
1: the good thing them. about. Yeah, and that's the good thing about Cooper Rush. He he. he kind of lets it rip yeah so you know he's not going to sit back there and wait to get hit he's gonna he's gonna let
0: yeah throw. he'll let it go he'll let it go so yeah um uh, yeah. the, the battles yeah. there as far as the secondary is concerned are you confident in knowing that it's going to be Trayvon Diggs and who's who who do you have starting opposing him
1: yeah it looks like it's going to be Anthony Brown right I, I think I think Anthony Brown's gonna be starting uh on the opposite boundary corner and you know I got no problem with that I think Brown's a good player I think he gets kind of uh Shoveled under the door a lot by some of the fans, but I think Brown's a decent corner. I think he's going to start across from Diggs. I'm hoping that Calvin Joseph takes a leap as the season progresses, just like Trayvon Diggs did last year, because uh, he has that speed and attitude and athleticism that that Diggs has. So I think to be a real strong starting quarterback tandem in the future. I just don't know if Joseph's. Ready right now, uh, and N'Shawn Wright, I, I, he's had a real strong moments uh, in training camp and in in the first three preseason games. So I'm I'm looking forward to see him play a little bit more and get some confidence going in him, because you know as much as we pan the pick when they did it, because nobody really heard that much of N'Shawn Wright. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to see what him and Calvin Joseph uh, can do. Uh, to kind of work their way up the depth chart and see if they can be real contributors.
0: Yeah, you know, I said it last week, a, a big find for us because of COVID last year, he opted out, but Maurice Kennedy has been something special too. I mean, he, he's, he's playing real well and you don't hear a lot about, I'm a big, big fan of Jordan Lewis. And I know he's been dealing with a couple things, but like, Boy, is he going to lose his spot if he don't get <laughs> if he doesn't pick it up? You know what I mean. It's it's a, yeah. it's a kind yeah. of a, a it's a shame because I really do like uh, I really do like Jordan Lewis. But again, these other kids are going to start coming for your jobs if if you slack off just a little bit. And by slack off, you know it's no no fault of anybody's if you're hurt or anything like that. But still, like this this is the business we're in.
1: Okay, so I'm also interested in seeing the safety play. But I was interested in seeing Israel Mukuamu. I wanted to see what he was going to bring to the table because he's been he's been shuffled around and moved around that safety position a lot. So and he's had a lot of success. He's he's played pretty well here in the preseason as far as a sixth round draft pick goes. So I was kind of looking forward to seeing him play. But I don't know if we're going to get the chance because he's on the COVID protocol list. So right,
0: right. So now, now it's
1: last. Yeah,
0: it's it's going to be tough. It's it's going to be tough to that see was his
1: last shot to. Yeah, this is his last shot to make an impression and make the team and maybe push Darian Thompson or Jaron Curse off the off the roster. I don't now, I don't think he can do that now,
0: right? But I, I'm thinking to myself, like COVID protocols—is that ten days minimum, or like can he test negative tomorrow and get back? Like, what's the deal if he's vaccinated? You know, there's so I, yeah.
1: many. I'm, they changed the rules this year, so I don't really know exactly. what. I mean, I probably didn't know fully what they were last year, but they changed them this year, so I have no idea uh, if he can play, if if he passed two rapid tests and he's, po- he's negative both times. I have no idea, uh, but hopefully he can see the field because I, I think they got something, this guy. I don't know if they can risk putting him on, cutting him and putting him on waivers and somebody else picking him up. Correct, uh, yeah. I'd like to see him. I'd like to see Mukoamu make the team. Yeah. All right. Well, i'll end with this
0: only because I, I do i just like everybody else i i've gotten everybody's bold predictions uh whether they be bold or maybe not bold but look we know the offense is the offense do you feel like first your first prediction is dak prescott going to be okay
1: yeah, Dak's going to be fine. And even if he's not fine, he's a warrior. He's going to he's gonna play. So if he plays 15, 16 games, uh, I think the Cowboys will be fine. I think Dak Prescott's going to be fine in the end.
0: All right. So you think Dak's in? I agree with you. I think this kid, there's nothing that's going to stop him. You would have to literally shoot the man <laughs> to get him off yeah. the field. Um, and that's kind of the problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, so now... This offense is going to be the offense, right? The defense could be. It's it, there's question marks and there's there's optimism, but yet there's like hesitation. How far do you think the 2021 Dallas Cowboys can go?
1: Look, I, I'm I'm in the camp right now of saying they're going to be in the final four, so they're going to be in the NFC Championship game, and from there, all bets are off. I mean, the Saints were better than the Rams a few years ago, and that ridiculous non-call penalty cost the Saints a chance to go to the Super Bowl. I mean. Would I like to see the Cowboys say the Cowboys are going to go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl? Sure. Uh, but I think they're going to be in the final four. And then, you know, from there it's, it's a little bit of luck. It's the ball bouncing your way. It's anything can happen, but I think they're going to be in that final four because the schedule isn't that difficult. They don't play any, that many top quarterbacks, especially in the second half of the season. So if they can get off to a good start, uh, the middle of it is a little rough, but I, I think uh, the defense is going to be improved enough under Dan Quinn that that they're going to make a a bigger dent than people think. And the offense is going to be fantastic. So uh, give me 12 and five in the NFC championship game and, We'll take it from there.
0: Twelve and five yeah. NFC Championship appearance for the first time since '96. So look, your your words to God's ears, brother. I'm yeah, waiting yeah. for that. We are waiting for this drought to end, and I've said it time and time again. I think it's going to be Dak Prescott to end this drought, whether it be this year, next year. Uh, the window is is small, so I definitely yeah. want to make sure they yeah. they cash in when they could. So anyway,
1: so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this: the way that the Cowboys have been built with. Steven Jones at the helm. It feels like it's hero ball from Dak Prescott being a superhuman, super quarterback for a full year and things go their way. And that's the way they win. Things are going to fall the way. Dak's going to be unbelievably good for a full year. Everything's going to go their way and they're going to win the Super Bowl. That's how it feels like the Cowboys are built in the next few years.
0: I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm so with that. So with that being said, Ben, bro, thank you so much for joining me on episode four Of of All About the Star. Where can people find you and obviously all of your very, very good hot takes over at the Cowboys Wire?
1: Yeah, I don't do hot takes. I just do truth.
0: Very good. I like that uh, answer.
1: <laughs> you, can, you can find me uh, You can find me on Twitter at Ben Grimaldi. You can also find me on the Cowboys Wire, right now on the Cowboys, and also WFAA.com, right now on the Dallas Cowboys as well. So, that's where you can find me easy
0: all right man thank you so much for joining us and this has been episode four of all about the star as you guys listen to this this week the dallas cowboys are doing battle with the jacksonville jaguars to end their preseason and then we get back uh to the brass tacks and it's time to get ready for the tampa bay buccaneers which by the way ben they're Mm -hmm. beating the tampa bay buccaneers I wouldn't doubt it. I would love I for that doubt to be. It at all. Then, then the world explodes and people are just like, "Oh my yeah. god!" And here come the weed end boys. Guy, it's going to be a mess. I can't wait. Yeah. I'm here for it. So that's what
1: that's what social media is built for.
0: Oh baby, I can't wait. So thanks again, right. Ben. Man, and uh, we'll we'll be talking on Twitter.
1: All right. Thanks, Dave.
0: You got it.